Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God, we're going to try to finish this tonight. We were talking two weeks ago about casting your cares. And you know... It's something that we all need to be reminded of because we are constantly bombarded with opportunities to take on care in some form or another. But God desires that we live a stress-free life, a care-free life. You know, there are lots of times when, you, when, you're, when you're seeing somebody and, and as you're about to, to take your leave of them, they look at you and say, well, take care now. And I'm thinking, mm, no, not a good phrase. I know what you mean by that, you know, but, but you know what? You need, to be, you need to make sure that you don't let things like that take a little root in your heart. I'm not here to take care. It's not my job. Do you think I remember the old, old TV show? And this would be really dated. Most of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Called Chico and the, and the Man. And uh, Chico's whole big phrase was, just, that's not my job. That's not my job. Listen, taking care is not your job. So don't take it. Leave it right there. And don't, don't you do anything with it. But let's just kind of review for just a, just a couple of minutes uh, on this subject where we were the last time. We didn't get very far the last session we had on this. But, um, you know, worry takes a lot of time and a lot of energy. And as far as I'm concerned, worry is a thief. Wants to th- steal your time because time is valuable. Time is precious. And there's not that much more left of it. One of these days, before too long, time will come to an end. Time will come to an end. And when we look back and we, and we look at all the squandered opportunities we had because we were distracted by something else, we're going to feel like kicking ourselves. So let's do something about it now while we're aware of it and do something about it. You know, I, I, just, I just want you to you to understand that there is nothing that comes into your life that you need to worry about. You know, I've heard some people say, well, you know, you don't even have enough sense to worry. Listen, you better have enough sense not to worry. Good old natural horse sense is going to say you need to worry. But good old Bible sense says don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Let's go to our main verse over in 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. It says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Isn't that wonderful? The Beck translation says he takes care of you. 20th century says he makes you his care. And the Phillips translation says you are his personal concern. Anything and everything that happens in your life, God takes it as his personal concern. Amen. The amplified version of that says casting the whole of your care. Not 10%, not 50%, not even 99%. But the whole of your care on him. It says all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, 
once and for all. See, the enemy would like to think you to think, well, you know, you're not you're not really worried about this. Listen, if anything other than the word of God comes across your thinking about that situation, you're in care. Amen. Come on, y'all get with me now. Uh, it says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. We, we looked at Ephesians 2, 4, talking about God's great love for us. You know, you just look at John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Listen, there's a great love that came with this package. And because he loves us so abundantly and so affectionately, there is nothing that comes in our lives that he is not personally going to take issue with. And he will take care of it. Uh, the Bible says that he cares, it says here, it cares about you watchfully. You know, the, the father never slumbers. He never sleeps. If he's not sleeping, why should you lose sleep? If he's up, there's no reason for you to be up. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and unless you've got to get up and go to work or something, or maybe you're at work, you know, n- nobody in their right mind ought to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning otherwise. You know, I, I just think, you know, there's just no reason for me to get up and see a son's eyes. No, absolutely none. Mm-mm. No, no, no. You know, sunrises are pretty. I'll let you take a picture of them if you're that early ariser and send it to me. But there's no reason for me to be up at sunrise. Absolutely none. And then Psalms 20, or 55 verse 22 says, this is the amplified version of it. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. And he will sustain you. He will never allow the consistently righteous to be moved, made to slip, fall, or fail. And then Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. Amplified of that says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. And then Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, it's a long passage, we're not going to read it again, says, take no thought. See, if you look at all these verses, there's one, two, three, four of them here. What do you see? It tells us to cast all all of our care. It says to cast your burden. Philippians says, be careful for nothing. Matthew says, take no thought. Listen, if you, if you take a look at all these things, these are all actions. But actions taken by who? Who takes the action? We do. See, it's not up to God as to whether we're going to be concerned, worried, upset, anxiety-ridden, depressed by anything. It's up to us. He's already told us, don't, don't, don't take any thought about it. He's told us, cast your care. Cast all of your burden. Don't be anxious about anything. See, there's an action here that has to be taken, but it can only be taken by you. Nobody else can take it for you. Nobody else can do anything about it. Listen, I've been at, I've been at a place in my life where in the middle of the night, nobody's awake except me and the devil. And he's talking loud. And that's when you find out real quick whether you've cast that thing or not. You know, 
there's, there's, there's times, yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember a couple of instances in my life where, you know, he's talking real loud going, you're not going to be here much longer. You know, something's wrong with you, and, and, it's, and it's, it's a major thing, and it's serious, and it's, it's, it's fatal, and it's terminal, and he gave me pictures of a, of a grave with, my, with a tombstone with my name on it, and my family standing around that tombstone, you know, looking at that and just shaking their head and saying, we miss, we miss her, and, you know, that's nice to be missed, but not like that. You know, I want to go away on a trip and come back, and you say you miss me. But see, that's it. I want to come back and hear you say you miss me. <laughs> not, to be, not to be missed because I have gone on to heaven. You know, see, ultimately, you know, the devil, he's just, he's, he's really stupid. Because to, for him to convince a saint of God that they're not going to be around long, and for them to believe it and that come to pass, he still really hasn't won. He really hasn't won. Because where do you wind up? I mean, you can't ask for a better location. But see, that's not the location I need to go to just yet. I've got things to do. You've got things to do. God has a plan for you being on this earth and fulfilling a plan that he's got for you because other people are involved in your plan. And if you're not here to do the plan, there are people who will miss out on something God has for them because you were supposed to be the carrier of the plan in their life. See, we've got to stay here. But see, I know what it's like to have all those things running through your mind. They're the big things. They're the small things. But I have learned a little bit along the way. I, I, you know, having had cancer once, I don't intend to have it again. And I've had two opportunities, uh, once back in 2007 and again in 2009. See, see, my cancer thing was back in 2002. So almost five years to the day. You know, after, after all that was over, suddenly another issue comes up. You know, and, and there's, this, there's this lump that I've got to deal with. You know, and I have to admit that at, the, at first when I, I heard, you know, okay, what is that? You know, my mind started going some places. You know, all right, it's back. This is one of the places that kind of cancer likes to go. You know, but you know, real quickly I got a hold of it. And then when the second opportunity two years later came around, the first thing I said to myself was, I'm not going to give this a thought. I'm not going to give, I am not going to waste my time and my energy on this. I don't even know what it is. I don't know if it is, is anything. So I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to go pursue this and I'm going to find out if there's something there. But I'm not going to give it one thought as to it being anything that's going to interrupt my life. You know, you have to get to that place. Uh, you, you can't, you can't look, go through life, you know, and never be bombarded by these things. Dad Hagen said it like this. He said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Thoughts come, thoughts go. And it's up to us not to entertain those thoughts. Listen, the amount of effort it takes into getting yourself into a place where you're not in care anymore really is, is determined by how much you entertained that thought to start with. How much, did you, how much emphasis did you get, give to that thing? You know, it's, um, it's interesting to me that, um, 
there are people over the years, and after, and after 35 years in one place, you, know, you get lots of examples of things. But over the years, we've seen lots of people who've had situations, and they have they've just wrung their hands. You can just see it. You can, it's all over them. They're just in fear. They're just in turmoil. They're in anxiety. They're in care. They're in worry about all these things. And when, and when the end result comes, and it turned out well, well, I knew it all along. I have literally had people say that. And I'm going, uh, no, no. But you know, there's no reason saying, no, you, did, you were not. You did not know that all along. If you had known that all along, you would not have been acting like you were acting 10 minutes ago. Before you got that doctor's report. Before you got that check in the mail. You would have been acting the same then and now, not going, oh, I knew it all along. Listen, don't pat yourself on the back when it all turns out good. Unless you've been in faith all along and out of care all along. Then you can say, okay, you did good. You're ready for the next one. See, because there will always be a next one. Always. Always. But don't try to fool yourself because you're not fooling anybody. When you say, well, I knew it all along. Yeah, and that's why for two weeks you didn't sleep. And that's why you've been depressed. Yeah, you knew it all along. Uh-huh, yeah. Just this where the rubber meets the road, folks. You know, listen, you better get to a place where you can take those things that come your way and do something with them. So they don't, they don't take a stronghold in your, in your life. Because James 4, 7 says, resist the devil. There's a lot of things we need to resist him in. And our thought life is one of the primary ones. When these things come, you have to resist him. Well, how do you resist him? By not, not dwelling on them. By taking the word and applying the word to whatever he's saying to you. 2 Corinthians 10.5 talks about casting down imaginations. Casting them down. See, there's nothing I have to cast down until I've been entertaining it for a while. But you see, that's, that's not, it's not all over just because you find that you've let this kind of, you've made a mountain out of a molehill. You can still deal with it. You can cast that thing down still. You can get the bulldozer and you can take that thing apart. Get the backhoe, get the, the front end loader, whatever you got to get spiritually speaking, and get on it and get that thing right down to size where it needs to be. And it's nothing. Anything the enemy has to say to you, every bit of it's a lie. If you don't recognize who's trying to get you to think about these things, then you're going to let it grow. It's going to take root. It's going to, be, it's become, going to become a place where you just can't get past it. You know, that's all you can think about. Everything, everything, all during the day. You might get a little distracted by having to go to work, but as soon as you have just a free moment, that thing comes right back. And that's all you can think about. That's just all that's on your mind. I mean, you're worrying and you're fretting over all these things. You say, how's it going to happen? Listen, get rid of that. Recognize it when it's there. Don't let it stay. Don't let those birds build that nest. You know, Sin, you know, Dad Hagen used to say sin is, is a, a worry is, is sin. And I'm thinking, well, now how can it be, how can just worry be categorized as sin? Well, anytime you disobey the word, aren't you in sin? Well, what does the word say? Cast all your care. 
well, I didn't do that. Well, then you're in sin. Cast your burden on the Lord. I didn't do that. Well, then you're in sin. Be careful. Be anxious. Don't fret. That's what, he, that's what the word says. And when I do it anyway, what is it? I'm disobeying the word. You know, we have to be in a place where we're confident enough that we can know that God loves us so much. He's our father. And as our father, he has a responsibility to take care of our every need. Our every need. He's not a good father if he says, oh, well, you know, you can just lack in that area. That's not a good father. A good father says, I don't care what that need is, honey. I've got it taken care of. I've got what you need right here. You don't have to give it another thought. Daddy's got it. Well, you know, let daddy have it. You know, last time we were, we were together talking about this, you know, Pastor and I had a struggle over the Bible. You know, the Bible says to Psalm, um, uh, let's see, where was that? Casting, cast your burden on the Lord. This is Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it. As old good time Pentecostals, you know, we would come down to the altar and, and you know, our song was leave it there, leave it there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And yet we would get up and take it. it was, God can't take what you're not willing to give. You know, we can bring that up to a modern thing because, you know, that little Disney movie, uh, the one that's been it Frozen, that's just about drove everybody crazy. What's that song? Let it go. Let it go. That's the modern version of leave it there. Let it go. Just let it go. You know, annoy the devil with that little phrase instead of Nana. <laughs> I heard that song, oh my heavens, good Lord. Um, Philippians 4.8, go over there. Well, no, don't, let's not go there just yet. Um, the reasons why people don't let go of their care and, you know, the, the big, there's, there's two or three biggies. You know, you can break them down into, into smaller things. But, but the biggest thing is, for a lot of people, is they don't know what the Word has to say. You know, when people have not been schooled in what the Word says about what God has provided and how much God loves them, how much He cares for them. The fact that no matter what your need is, His answer is already there. His provision is already there. When they don't know that, all they have left is care. All they have left is worry. So they just don't know. But see, that's not your problem. Your problem is not that you don't know. The problem is that when we, everybody in this room, I'm including myself, when we get into times where we're worried, when we're upset, when we just can't quite get past something, it's because we don't have a revelation of the fact that God has already taken care of it. Amen. It's just not real to us. It's just not real. And, you know, that, that could be for a lot of different reasons. You know, um, 
we haven't spent time in the Word. You know, when you don't spend time in the Word, then you're not full enough of it to combat the care when it tries to come. When you haven't spent time in His presence, just worshiping Him, getting to know Him as Father. See, so, sometimes we're just to a place where we, we really just need to go spend some time with God. Not asking Him for anything, but just spend time with Him. So we become more aware of His fatherly nature. And to know that without a shadow of a doubt, my Father is taking care of it. He's got it all taken care of. He's got it all worked out already. You know, and then there's times where we just, we just need to rest. We just need to learn to find a place of rest in this thing. Because you can't figure some things out. There's just no way. Now, I know there are times when God gives you the answers. And honestly, if we don't spend time with him, we won't be able to hear the answers he gives us. If we don't get to a place where we're letting go of that care, then we have no ear to hear the answers he wants to give us because we're consumed by the voice of the situation and the circumstance. It's all around us. It's like we've got headphones on and that's all we can hear. It's just that. So God's trying to talk to us and we can't hear him because our ears are already just so consumed with what the circumstance is saying to us. And he's standing there going, yeah, but listen to me. And we're just going... That's what we do to him sometimes. He wants so badly for us to just give it to him and say, Father, here it is. And once we do that and we let go of it, now he's got an opening to tell us what we need to do next, if there's anything we need to do at all. You know, some situations you just need to just leave it alone and just, and just, and just go on about your business. And then there are times when there are specific directions he can give you in a, in a particular situation. But you need to be able to be in a place where you can hear what he's got to say. I, I've, I've, I've been there. Last week I met with the, the team for the WOW retreat. And um, usually when we meet, you know, by now I've got, I know what this year's theme is going to be. I know, I know what, you know, the, the major things, and now let's kind of fill this thing out and, you know, get some details, you know, going and stuff. And I looked down last week, and I said, I can't tell you because I don't know. And I had lost a good deal of sleep over that thing. You know, I had not just given that to the Lord. And I said, you know, I've, I've got two or three things that, that I think we could make work, um, but I'm not willing to make it work. I'm not willing just to, to come up with something for this retreat that'll just, it'll just do. But I want to make do. And I said, so, especially this year, you know, with everything that's going on here, you know, and, and what's going on in the church and, and everything, I, I'm not willing to just make it do. So, you know, y'all just pray with me and, and um, you know, we'll figure this out. You know, you know I'll get, so I got home and that night decide I would get out of care about the whole thing, that the Lord is faithful, and he's going to tell me what I need to know, 
And about three o'clock in the morning, just boom, there it was. I went, yes, thank you, Jesus. And so the next day, I did a group text to everybody and said, this is our theme for this year. And they all went, yes, that's right, perfect, great. And I went, well, confirmation is kind of nice, too, you know, when it witnesses with somebody else. But, you know, everybody in this room is apt to take care about something at some point. None of us have gotten to a place where we have finally just rid ourselves of any suggestion of care, any little temptation to care, to get into worry, to get into anxiety, to fret about things. We all deal with it. We all do. And uh, the nice thing about it is God's always so patient. He's always so patient. And he's always just right there. When we finally step out of the care, finally he's able to say, all right, this is it. This is, this is it. This is your answer. This is what you need to do. This is the next step. This is how it's going to work. You know, so get some revelation of what the word has to say and be ready to trust him. Be ready to trust him. You may not know how to work it out, but he does. You know, and I, I'm, I'm, I have been very bad over the years to try to figure it out myself. You know, just, you know, I, I, can, I can do this. I can do this. Well, no, I can't. And I need to realize I just, I can't do it in and of myself. I've got to let him do it. Because no matter how I can think I can do it, my solution will never be as good as his. It will always cost me more than what God wants me to put into it when I try to do it on my own. And that could be in time. That could be in money. That could be in a lot of things. But God doesn't want it to cost me anything. And when I will just let him work it out and trust him to work it out, I won't pay the price that I would have paid had I not tried to do it on my own. You know, and there are times I know that we, we, we find ourselves in places where, okay, you know, you know that, okay, you've gotten yourself into a situation that you got yourself into. That you made some mistakes along the way. And here I am, and, and then you fret about that because you just don't feel like you can go to God and say, Lord, I need your help with this. I mean, you know, I messed up big time. And so, really, you know, I, I, I just don't feel like I can ask God to help me with this because it's my fault. Listen, recognize it. God's mercies are new every morning. His mercies never fail. They never run out. They never end. He's always right there. No matter if you have made a big boo-boo. No matter if you have made a mess of things. God's right there. As soon as you say, Lord, I am sorry. Forgive me. Now, you just tell me what I need to do. I'm going to give this to you, and you're going to fix it. And, and just step back and watch God work. And he will. He will. So many of the times, you know, you know, we have, we have you know, I, I can say I have, I've done something that was so stupid. 
You know, and I made a mess out of things that shouldn't have been a mess. But God's always been faithful to step in when I hand it to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And he takes it and he makes it right. Just makes it right. Then there's the times that we get into care because we haven't seen the answer as fast as we would like to. I was doing really good for the first two hours, Lord, but now it's hour five, you know. Why, 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 where's my answer? Where's my answer? Well, Lord, I've done really good. I've waited two weeks for this answer. What, what, what's your problem? You know, we do that. How many times have I seen people, you know, they start off good. They're in faith. They're not worried, not concerned. This thing is not giving them any issues. And time goes by. And now suddenly they're looking at how long it takes. But you know where that, that's a thought that came from the enemy. That's a thought that they entertained. That's a thought that they let build up on the inside of them until now it's like, well, God, how come you haven't answered my prayer? Well, God, how, how come you're letting me down? Well, God, why is, this, why is this taking so long? See, that's just the enemy talking. Just the enemy. Don't let time mean anything. If a situation is something that you're believing God for, you, you know, just let it take however long it takes. You know, and don't be worried about it. Let, doesn't James say, let patience have her perfect work? See, in the plan of God, there's a perfect answer. And you're going to have to be patient so that that perfect answer can come into being. You get impatient, you may get an answer that's not nearly as good as it should have been. Not nearly as perfect as it should have been. Again, we go back to what's it going to cost you? Just remain patient. It's worth the wait. But you know, in the middle of all that, what was it it said over in, in Philippians 4, 6, the Amplified? It says, uh, in everything by prayer and definite requests with thanksgiving. That's what you do during that wait time. That's what you do is you just praise God. You just thank him continually that he's at work. You just thank him continually that your Father God cares for you so affectionately and so watchfully that you don't have a concern about this at all. It's all coming to pass. God's working on it. You know, you don't know how, you don't know when, and you don't care. You just know that the answer is yours. And it'll all come into being at the right time. We forget that, you know, if we'll stay in a place of thanksgiving, that we'll keep the enemy from bringing those thoughts to us. Yeah. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus. Don't take your eyes off the one who's the answer, the author and the finisher of our faith. He starts it, he'll finish it. You just let him do his job. Looking unto him. I think there was, there was somebody who said it this way. One must look, did Donald G., uh, a writer, has got some great books out. It says, one must look within to find the reason for any failure. You know, when it looks like, looks like a failure in your life, when it looks like, you know, my faith didn't work, whatever, you need to look on the inside. I have, I have over the years heard too many people say, well, 
you know, God didn't come through on that. Uh, no, that's not the God I know. God has never failed to come through. It's me who's failed to give him the opportunity to come through. Isn't that it? You know, we just have to get to a place where we recognize these things and we say what the Word says and stop, and stop letting the enemy tell us that somehow God's a failure in our lives, that God's at fault. No, God's never at fault. God's never failed me yet. Never. But, you know, we're going to have to be doers of that Word. We're going to have to put it into action every single day. We're going to have to just continually bombard the devil with what the word says and refuse to listen to his lies. You know, if he comes and, and tells you that uh, you're, you're just not worthy, I mean, you go to 2 Corinthians 5, 20 with that. I have been made the righteousness of God in him. If he tells you that, you know, you just made such a mess over this and your past is this and your past is that, listen, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been too big a failure to do anything. There's now, therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And old things have no, no meaning in my life. You know, I, I have to honestly admit there are times when the enemy brings up to me past failures. You know, we were, we were young teenagers, you know, you know out, of, out of fellowship with God, got pregnant, got married, and thank God we're still together after all these years. But, you know, the enemy brings that up to me ever so often that, you know, you got, you got pregnant out of wedlock. And that, see, in, in 1970, that was not acceptable. No more so than it is today. You know, but thank God for his forgiveness. But it doesn't mean it's acceptable. It's not acceptable. Not in God's eyes, it's not. You know, and I'm not trying to put any condemnation on anybody. That's not my point. My point is just like me, when I went to God and I say, Lord, you, do, you know, I've made a mistake, forgive me. He did. But just because God can forgive that doesn't mean it was acceptable to start with. And God hasn't changed. Society may have changed, you know, and, and it, it, it makes me angry, you know, that we have all these superstars, whether it's in the entertainment industry, whether it's in sports, no matter where it is, you know, who, you know, have two or three kids and then have this big, huge wedding and every, it's on the front cover of People magazine and everything, everybody's talking about this wedding, you know, and, and I'm thinking... Sin. It's just sin. I'm telling you. Why do, we, why do we want to celebrate what is unacceptable in God's eyes? I could get on my high horse. I won't. But the point that I was trying to make was ever so often the enemy brings that back. You know, you were young. You got pregnant. You know, y'all weren't married. Y'all were in sin. Look at you. What are people going to think if they find that out? You a pastor. You know, when they find out that, you know, you got married and you were already pregnant when you got married. Well, I just, you know, my answer has to be, so what? Old things are passed away. 
All things have become new. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Those things were past things. They may have had consequences that follow me throughout my life. It's hard to look at my son, Steve, and look at him as a consequence because he's a wonderful guy, you know. But, but, but still, I mean, that act, that act of sin in my life, you know, still tries to haunt me to this day. Because, you know, there are always people out there who want to try to take a pastor and bring them down to their level by saying, look at what you did. Look at what your past looks like. Da, da, da. But that's it. It's past. It's gone. It's dead. It's buried. A new person has been raised to a new life with Christ Jesus, and I'm now seated with him in heavenly places. You can't let what you did before you were born again Keep a hold on you in this life. You can't. And when those thoughts come, and they do come, you think, okay, that's so far past. That's so long ago. You know, it's never going to be an issue again. Listen, it's amazing what the enemy wants to dig up. Oh, can you imagine if somebody found out that you did this? Oh, can you imagine what they would think of you if they found out you were ever like that? Listen, you've got to take those things captive. Take every thought captive and just put him in his place and say, doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. It does not apply. You know, there are people who, who go around and just, and who just, who, who stress over the fact that I don't know what to do. 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 I just, oh, I just don't know what to do. Yes, you do. The Bible says you have the greater one living on the inside of you. That one who is your teacher and your guide. The one who is, will give you all the answers. That's who lives on the inside of you. The Bible clearly talks about in John 10 that his sheep know him and know his voice. Stop saying those things. Stop thinking those things. Start thinking the word. Now go with me to Philippians. And we started off in verse 6 about being careful for nothing. And this is what happens, you know, when you're careful for nothing. Verse 7, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And, And the Amplified says, and God's peace be yours, that tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." It goes on to say in, in regular King James, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I have written in here, Fix your mind. Carefully meditate and consider. Carefully meditate and consider. 
You have to replace the thoughts that the enemy brings your way. Replace them with these things. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are honest, pure, just, of good report. Those are the things that you think on. So what the doctor's report says, one thing. But whose report will you believe? There's a difference between fact and truth. The fact is that there may be a condition in my body, but the truth is that God's word has healed me. God sent his son, and by his stripes, I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. See, a fact is one thing, but truth is something that never changes. Facts can change. I don't know why, why we've got to the place where we exalt fact way up here. I'm telling you what, facts are subject to change. When it's not in line with what the Word of God says, that fact, if you'll believe it, that fact must change because of what the Word says. That's the truth that we live by. That's the truth that we will live our lives in a place of peace, in a place of safety, in a place of preservation. That's where we will live our lives is in the truth of what the Word says. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Just remember this, that God is faithful. God is faithful. You know, I go back to my story of, of when I had cancer and, and came home from the hospital. See, I went into, the, into the, the hospital with surgery knowing in my heart that God had said to me, surgery is going to take care of this. We're going to get this out. It's, going to, it's all be done. And then when I sat with a doctor the day he discharged me and he said, oh, well, we have some positive lymph nodes here, so we're going to have to do some more treatment. You know, I, I, I just immediately went, okay. Didn't really dwell on it too much right then. But when I got home that day and Pastor left the house to go to the, the drugstore and, you know, get some prescriptions filled, you know, while he was gone, I just said, now, now wait a minute, Lord. I, I, I need to know something here. I thought, I thought, I, I heard you tell me that surgery would take care of this. And, you know, the answer I got, the answer I got was, well, what makes you think it didn't? Two lymph nodes out of 30? What makes you think that's not all of them? You know, I had to go back to the place where I counted God faithful. I had to count myself as a person who has heard what he had to say. That I could hear his voice. That I knew his voice. And I knew what he said to me. And if I knew and was convinced and was sure of what he said to me, then I had to count him faithful that it was a done deal. And surgery did take care of it. Listen, when you've got God's word, most of the time you will have it in written form. But there are times in your life when you will know on the inside that God said something specific to you. You count yourself as knowing how to hear his voice. And then you count him faithful to perform what he's already told you about that situation. That's how you're going to stay out of care. That's how you're going to, but you will have to constantly cast any care that comes across your mind. Cast it down. Cast it over on him. Let it go. Just let it go. Replace the thoughts the enemy would bring to you with what God has already said about you. 
See, what the enemy wants to bring to you in, in, the, in, the, in the line of thought are really, it's just potential. It possibilities. That's what it is. But see, there is nothing but surety in the word of God. Nothing but sureness. Nothing but faithfulness. Nothing but something that you can absolutely 100% count on. Your life depends on it. Depends on it. So you can cast your care knowing that he is the faithful God. Knowing that he is the father that cares for you affectionately. And he looks out for you watchfully. Knowing that he has the answer already taken care of. Already in line to come your way. It's already there. So cast those cares. Cast those kids, and the peace of God will mount garrison over your heart and mind. Amen? I tell you this because every last one of us needs to be reminded of it. Because we all are, are going to have the opportunity. Every day, those opportunities come to get into care about something. Don't take them. Don't, when somebody says, take care, go, no, I don't believe I will. Thank you. think I'll take the word instead of care. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.